Hi, and welcome to this edition of Fresh Hope for Mental Health. Our mission here at Fresh Hope for Mental Health is to empower you to live well in spite of your mental health challenge by sharing insights through interviews, practical tools for living well, encouragement, and courage for overcoming all from a Christian perspective. And now, here's your host, Pastor Brad Hafes. Hello, my friend, and welcome to this edition of Fresh Hope for Mental Health. I'm Brad Hafes, your host, and our purpose here on Fresh Hope for Mental Health is to help empower you to live a faith-filled, rich and full life in spite of having a mental health diagnosis. And as you know, we like to interview people here. We like to talk to people who are helping people accomplish living well. And uh, so I'm really privileged and happy to speak with Rob Jackson, Jackson this morning and uh, or today. And um, quite honestly, we just met, but I think we could be good buddies. I, I do think we could be good buddies. Welcome, Rob. Brad, thank you. I am so excited to meet you. Yeah, if our listeners had heard those first few moments of getting acquainted, I think they would have enjoyed it. I believe we've got common hearts and somewhat similar stories and a love for the Lord and serving others. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how the more people you meet along the way, the the more you realize you really weren't alone all along. Yeah, not that weird, not that different. Yeah. Kind of begin to release some of the shame, you know, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. and um you know, uh, Rob is a licensed counselor, and uh, he's a licensed counselor with Focus on the Families Counseling Services Department, as well as then you have your own private practice. Is that correct? That is correct. I've been doing all this uh, different ways for more than 35 years now. I've been with Focus on the Family about four years as of this recording. Great, great. And you've written a number of things, or... Um, have been, I don't know if you wrote all of them, but digital and print materials, it sounds like the complete guide to the first five years of marriage. Yes, that's something I was included in. I'm one of several contributors. It was produced by the counseling department of Focus on the Family. Great book. You know, sometimes I share with my couples, if you just look at the table of content and go down and check off all the problems you might identify with, that's gonna give you a good way to launch into your better marriage. It yeah. helps you to diagnose where you are. You know, um, when my wife and I had been married, maybe, oh, I think we were married five years. Um, I, we were at the seminary, and uh, we went to adopt our oldest, his adopted. And in the process, the, the um, oh, whoever she was, I don't know. I think it was a social worker. She asked us if we had ever thought about divorce. And the two of us looked at each other. And we said, no, murder, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the punchline. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so we could have used that book for sure. Mm -hmm. um, the Savvy's Bride Answer Guide and the Smart Groom's Answer Guide. And yeah, that's great, Rob. I'm, I'm glad to have you. But that's not what we're going to talk about today, is it? It's not. So talk to me about loneliness and men and this growing epidemic of loneliness and men? I think it's actually becoming startling. And some of this has to do with the human condition, right? 
loneliness is just a part of being a human being. We could even say it's natural. We can relate that back to the fall of humanity, to break with God, to break with each other, et cetera. And I think modernity, modern times has not helped this. I mean, the fact that we're meeting virtually today, you know, it's okay, but it's not like face-to-face. We have been through the pandemic and no matter where you were on I'm sick or I'm healthy or I'm gonna vax or I'm not, no matter where you were, that changed our lives. And really caused a lot of uprest and upheaval is my word, I guess, and unrest. There's been a lot in uh, society. A lot of our churches are just now sort of coming back online and uh, beginning to reach out. Some of the support groups went all virtual instead of face-to-face. And then men, you know, we always, or having to provide for ourselves, and if we're married, providing, maybe not solely by ourselves, but providing for our wives and our children and perhaps our aging parents. And it just becomes a lot. Yep. And loneliness can be one of the uh, the consequences. As soon as I could go back to the gym, I went to the gym, not because I exercise well. I do the steam and the sauna and the jacuzzi. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I belonged to one gym for years that had all the exercise equipment was on the top side and the snack bar and every the jacuzzi, sauna and hot tub were all on the lower level. I had never gone to the top level after years of being a member. You're a man after my own heart. I mean, I knew we could be friends. (laughs) Well, and so what what I wanted to get back to the gym was to see the few guys that I know that aren't parishioners they're they're just friends you know and I couldn't wait and then when I got back they weren't some of them weren't there for a long time you know and Mm -hmm. um I yeah we're lonely I I really believe that but we tend to do that anyway as men don't we We I think it's really a part of our nature you know as we have adapted as men we've in some cases, older men like myself, you know, we grew up watching John Wayne, mm-hmm. you know, that was kind of the, the, the persona, you know, and then younger men, you know, they have their own icons, perhaps. But what we all have in common, regardless of age, is how men are often degraded in media, you know, and we just really have a struggle to know what, what is a man supposed to look like? Yep. Uh, be like and all kinds of voices swirling around about that and I find that many of us like you know like myself I'm an introvert by nature and when I was suffering panic disorder and some formative years of my life meeting and greeting was a part of that social anxiety and so it's not something that I just inherently do well in fact I used to avoid it quite a lot and I don't think you have to have mental health diagnosis to identify with being shy or introverted or just not particularly skilled at meeting and greeting. Yes, exactly. One of the things I find interesting about guys today, um, you know, and my experience is, uh, you know, outside of the church, uh, because it's different, really kind of outside of the church from my perspective. In the church, I'm the pastor when there's a man around or whatever, we're, they're relating to me as a pastor. And 
Uh, yeah, I don't always appreciate that. Sometimes I just want to be their buddy, you know, just their friend. Mm -hmm. But I have found also with the younger men, they have the earbuds in. They aren't really talking to each other. And in fact, I have I've been in the same room with younger guys and said hi or whatever. And they don't even acknowledge me because there's so much listening. They've got the earbuds in and they just are in that uh, in a zone in a world that's inside their head. But right. that's kind of how I went through my years as a young man too we just were like silos out in the on the farm i think so and i mean the the curious the curious thing for me is the lonelier we are the more we're going to be drawn to things that help us to check out and so you know for example there's a statistic here that says young adults are twice as likely to be lonelier than seniors so this is for the 18 to 24 your age group, you know, and so you think about if I'm lonely and don't know how to get that legitimate need for community met first with God and then within myself and toward others, if I don't know what that looks like, loneliness is the outcome. And then I'm going to start trying to medicate it yep. with various distractions. And I mean, I love technology and, you know, got the phone here and all this stuff, but it has become a substitute you know, it is virtual. It is not yep. reality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I have never played a game online or a, a digital game at all. Never. Until last December. I was going through kind of like a, I would call it very light depression, but I was just trying to avoid work, doing yeah. work. Yeah. And I didn't feel like working. I felt like, bah. And so right. I checked out and I started um, playing a game called Royal Match. And I have been known to spend a few dollars to, to win at that game. And <laughs> I'm sad to report that I had never played it. And now I'm at level 2,768 in the game. It's something that I do when I can't find anything on TV or whatever, but I'm actually zoning out when I do it. Yeah, well, and that's part of the design. You know, the developers who have the skill sets to develop games and so forth learn how to hack the brain. And so we get dopamine rewards for these kinds of things. Now, in fairness, everything changes brain chemistry, brain structure, and brain function. Yep. The good, the bad, the indifferent, the ugly, everything, mm -hmm. the old, the new, et cetera. But technology, and especially, you know, something delivered by a screen that we can hold or we can see, it is powerful. And so we're not really getting addicted to the game or to the pornography or whatever. We're getting addicted to that neurochemistry right yep. here between my ears. That's what we're getting addicted to. These other things are just delivery systems, yeah. like a meat for heroin. Yeah, exactly. If you don't know how to separate from that and start connecting more, you can be really, it can be problematic with all of life. So how, what are some practical ways or practical tools that men can grow deeper relationships or start connecting and start building some lasting relationships. Right. I love the question because in my own private practice, that's come out of my own life experience. I try to help people proactively plan for peace with God, self and others. And so let's start first. If you are a Christian, 
by profession, you know, if you identify with Christ and you're lonely, okay, I got you, been there, might be there later this afternoon, no judgment. But that usually means as a Christian, you're not practicing the presence of Christ that we can experience through the Holy Spirit. So, you know, you're alone and yet with God internally through the Spirit, loneliness becomes more of an option. And so I know Christians, Christian audience would expect a Christian counselor to say, be in the Bible, be praying, be meditating about what you're reading, of course. But that's that's something I would emphasize. Yep. You know, I don't want them to minimize it or move past it. That's going to be crucial because until you're content with God and yourself, you're not fit company for anybody. Right. What makes you have then the ability to relate to others is because you've related to the Lord and you've got healing That's and right. you've got some passion and compassion yeah. and all those kinds of things. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. It's like his perfect love cast out fear. So I'm not saying I never have fear again. And I'm not saying that I'm, you know, the most social person in the room. I have to work at it. It's not natural. Uh, I think my panic disorder delayed me socially uh, for a number of years, even when it was gone and I was no longer diagnosed, I was now recovering from having been sick for yep. seven years Yeah, you know, behind. But I am resonating with, okay, if I am enjoying God, but I'm not approaching that person from a place of fear. Yeah. I'm, I'm not living from a place of fear. You know, it's more of a place of faith and it's more, more joy. And so it's, it's just a different way of living. Yeah. You know, inward, one is outward, right? Exactly. And going back to what you said just a little bit ago, I, I think it's really important to know that this is the point to start. If you're lonely, to yeah. start by having and recognizing that there is this ongoing presence that Christ has with us through his yeah. Holy Spirit that we may be alone, but we don't have to be lonely. Right. You know, I'm amazed. I think about Jesus and his ascension and the disciples and the anxiety in the moment. You know, can you imagine how scared those guys were? Oh, gosh. And, you know, Jesus, you know, speaking to them better than I go. Let me go. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the comforter, not the critic. Yep. The comforter. Yep. And so I really think it's crucial that when we identify with Christ, because the Father loves us, let us also go on to allow the Holy Spirit to embrace us. And at that point, peace with God is far more likely. And then when you're not enjoying God, you can ask yourself, what's up with that? Why am I not enjoying God? Because he's altogether wonderful. Something has shifted in me. Am I not uh, psychologically healthy? Am I not practicing good self-care? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. If I have been diagnosed and need medication, am I taking it responsibly? If I carry a diagnosis and I need to be with a counselor, do I have an appointment? You know, I have no qualms admitting I've got 62 years of experience on this earth. I was diagnosable by the time I was in the eighth grade. I got diagnosed when I was in college. I'm in counseling today. There are times that I still choose to go in Absolutely. And, and get help. 
Yep. And I am just grateful to have a Christian counselor who, who, who assists me. So when you think about peace with yourself, are there old wounds? You know, is there lack of forgiveness? Are there old scripts, you know, that you hear playing in your head about yourself, your purpose, other people, the meaning of life, the nature of man, woman, family, children, et cetera. And then having peace with God at the level of spirit, peace with yourself at the level of your mind, renewing your mind. Then we look at the body. What am I doing with my physical body? Am I stewarding this body well? If this is a temple of the Holy Spirit, is it in ruin? Mine's in ruin. But I'm just <laughs> telling you straight up. <laughs> well, maybe, but keep in mind, thankfully, wellness is not measured just on one dimension. Right. It's not measured only on the scale. Mm-hmm. You know, so many other ways. And so am I practicing a good sleep routine? Am I eating okay most of the time? Not obsessing over it. Right. Uh, walking. You know, I just finished a, a half an hour walk this morning. Can't always do it this time of day, but today I could. So am I really investing in my physical health? Am I planning for peace with my body? Yep. And then after peace with God, peace with self, peace in my body, how about peace toward other people? Am I reaching out to people, allowing them also to reach back in? Yeah. I think the peace that we have with one another is so stirred up in this country. I mean, it's just like, it's too easy to get into conversations where you either are 100% in agreement with the other person about political things or how things Mm -hmm. should be, or you're completely at odds with them and you either kind of debate and argue or you just don't talk. And it's like, we don't even know how to relate to each other just about grandkids and life and uh, you know it's it it's difficult in today's I don't think I've ever seen a time as divided as this feels yeah. so in my lifetime it feels very divided and they're not only divided as Americans but we get divided across our churches we're divided as Christians And then the thing I've been looking at, too, is how we are dividing ourselves by age cohorts. So here I am, a boomer, and I'm finding that our age cohorts are one of the new kinds of prejudice. You know, if someone's not in our age cohort, we can't understand them. We don't even want to relate to them. We've already prejudged them. It's why bother? Why bother? And the body of Christ knows nothing of that kind of absolutely stuff that's been put onto us through the American and Western culture. Yes. And so it's, it's not being conformed to this world, but it's being transformed, transformed by the renewing of our mind. You're my brother or my sister, no matter what age you are. Yep. No matter what region of the country you're from. Uh, you know, you're my brother or sister humanity and humanity, no matter who you voted for or whether you voted at all. Yeah. Yeah. Waxed or not, you know. It's it's the renewing of the mind where it all starts. And I have said to people over and over and over that one of the hardest things I have in my life is sometimes it's so hard letting God love me. 
it's so hard yeah. crawling up on his lap and receiving love. I mean, it's just sometimes I so desperately need it, but it's hard to receive it. And because there's so many things that block that. And I know that if I don't, don't start there, relating to others is going to be difficult. Yeah. Well, Brad, I think you've really put your finger on the pulse right there. You know, I think because of the fall, we inherently think ill of God. We think less of God. We doubt his tender mercies. You know, we can go to the scripture and read verses, and with a negativity, we filter those negatively, and we miss the verses. Like in Zephaniah, you know, God will quiet us with his love. You know, he will, he will sing over us loudly. And that's just, to me, that's just humorous. It, oh, yeah. Not, you know, God is just exuberant about us, and he's singing over us loudly. And, you know, actually loving us, much like the father of the prodigal son, whose son is now returned, party time. You know, so if we could ever understand that we are far more loved than we have ever yet imagined. Yeah, we can't imagine. No, yeah. we can't. We can't. And I don't even know in heaven if we will fully grasp how much we've been loved. Yeah. You know, um, I used to think that I began to understand how God loved us when we had children. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. But it wasn't until we had grandchildren that I wow. realized that, <laughs> Ooh, that's even better. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're grandparents now. We've got two that are three and under. And I've always said, if I knew it was this good, I'd have started there first. We'd have oh, our grandparents first. Yeah. Fantastic. But I think you're right. I mean, God imprints us with himself into our humanity. And we have these roles now, husbands and wives. We can thank Christ in the church, and we have our children, and we can thank the father and people who were born again into his family, and then we have these grandchildren. Oh, man. You know, and so there's just so much there, and even though this is a very difficult age, and some of us have carried or carried mental health diagnoses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, there is so much that is right. Oh, yeah, and you know, um, Maybe it's because I've been a pastor for so many years. It's like going on 39 years now. And I always tell people, for instance, it's it really is when you think that what you're going through is so horrible, at least for me, I would never use this as a way to get somebody to see their situation. But for me, I've seen so many people suffer so much worse things or so many more difficult things in their lives than I have in mind. I don't mm -hmm. I I I look at it and say, God, I'm 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 grateful that you got me through what I went through. Right. But I'm also mm -hmm. grateful that I didn't have to go through other things or haven't yet. Mm -hmm. um, because there yeah, is think... so much right. Even in yeah. our pain, there's right things. <laughs> That's well. And, you know, even for the common grace God extends toward all humanity, things have never gotten as bad as they could if he was not there as a restraining influence. So with my own sins or mistakes or whatever, he's never allowed that to be as bad as it could have been. Right. And then he uses tough things in good ways.
for his purpose. Uh, yeah, I believe that he's allowed just enough tough in my life, knowing what balance of tough I needed in order to change. Because I'm a person, you can tell me what I need to do for myself, and I ain't going to listen. I, I, I'll listen. I'll be polite, but I'm not going to do it until there's pain and the pain of either doing it is less than the pain of staying where I'm at. That's about the only way I change for real, yeah. unless yeah. it's something I really want to do, you know? Yeah. Well, see, yeah, you, you're right there on the core of humanity, right at the cusp. We are motivated out of pain now in the natural world. And so I think about how suffering really, in one sense, is not an option. It's whether do you suffer well or suffer poorly. There's some yes. kind of saying about suffering is not optional, but being miserable it is, or something like that. Yeah. Is that kind of where you're headed there? It is. That's that's exactly where I'm headed. I mean, like to be lonely, male or female, young or old, is suffering. Let's yeah. not make any bones about it. It is suffering. And sometimes you're lonelier more than others. And sometimes it comes through the harsh loss of a spouse or a significant other through a breakup or a divorce or death or something of that sort. But your suffering can be made better if, if you go to the Holy Spirit with that. But if you don't go back to him and you go out into your five senses, sight, sound, touch, smell, or taste, trying to find something that will medicate that suffering, now we're suffering worse. Yep. I always tell people, if you don't deal with your pain, your pain will deal with you. I like that. Uh, yeah, that's so true. So I believe that probably this one question we can wrap up the whole thing through our conversation, but I suspect that there will be people who see the topic of this podcast and um, they're not going to be the men. They're going to be the wives or the girlfriends, or the significant others, or the moms. And they're going to say, oh, I wish he'd listen to this. Or I wish he could know that, you know, blah, blah, blah. What would you say to a woman, a female, who knows that somebody they love is very lonely? One of the men that they really love is very lonely. How can they encourage them? How can they build them up how how might they introduce uh help to them or whatever yeah. i think that's a great question because women are more fluent emotionally than we guys if it's a language and they observe and interact generally better than we do and i think part of the challenge we have as men there's been a time in my life where i would have associated the feeling of lonely as something feminine. Like there was a time that I thought, okay, it's, it's all right to be uh, angry. Men can be angry, but real men can be angrier. Yep. Uh, and it's okay to be, you know, excited at a, at a ball game or whatever it is your thing is. But that's pretty much it. And loneliness is a human emotion. You know, it's not inherently male or female, but if men are not being raised to be in touch with feelings in a healthy, balanced way, 
but I would say it this way, lonely boys grow up to be lonely men. So, you know, women, you can talk to your guys about, you know, you, you got a lot to offer other people. You know, you could be someone's best friend or you could be someone's mentor or you could be someone's sidekick, but I see you're not taking the time. Is there something I can do so that you and I can carve out time for you to go find that social outlet that will help you with your loneliness? That's great. That's a great idea because I find that men have a hunger for the Lord sometimes or a loneliness even for him, but they don't really realize how to go about it. And then they feel worse because their wife or their significant other seems closer to the Lord and they feel they, they self-condemn, they self-judge and all this stuff. Yeah. That's we need to learn to be mindful. You know, that, that word is tossed around a lot and sometimes it moves toward the, the new agey kinds of stuff. But mindfulness for the Christian is just being really aware of where God and I are at all times. Are we connected? You know? And then how is the Holy Spirit leading me to, to reach out or leading me to receive? Right. You know, reciprocating. Yep. You know, and that, that pain that you carry that we might call loneliness or anger or disgust or indifference, listen to that and go talk to the Holy Spirit about it. Why am I hearing that in me? What can I do about it? So what would you say to a man who might be listening to this uh, podcast who is feeling lonely? Mm -hmm. The first thing I would do is invite him to call us at Focus on the Family. We've got trained counselors ready to hear your story. And so you can call 800-A-FAMILY, 800-A-FAMILY from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Friday. If you'd rather you know, reach out for help online, that's focusonthefamily.com slash get help. So we are a resource. We can hear your story. We can match that to some material that we can send you by email. Sometimes we can make some recommendations for books. We are aware of referral sources that have various ministries like your own, you know, just ways to get you connected. So that's one of the first things that I would do. So to reach out um, either online through the focus on the family website or mm -hmm. to call and That's right now is there a cost involved in that never never a cost always free for the consultation yep and so guys you're not alone and you're certainly not you're unique we all are but none of us are that unique um, these are things that if men open up and are honest and okay with uh, their feelings, we've got them that, you know, I have been lonely numerous times in my life. And there's times where I've been in amongst a whole bunch of buddies that went to a game or we went someplace and did something and um, <laughs> I was I was still feeling lonely. So lonely in the crowd is very possible. So is there anything else? Are there any other resources or anything that you'd like to let our listeners know about? Well, I think the, the primary thing I would leave our listeners with is there's this internal and the external. So we can go to a crowd and in, hopefully enjoy what everyone is enjoying, but still find ourselves lonely. 
And so if we're even lonely in the external improvements, it's time to come back to the internal and find that balance. We talk about a work-life balance between home and our place of employment. We've got to have a balance between the internal and the external as well. And so I would just keep things simpler. You know, sometimes we have a complexity bias. The thing that's more complicated would probably be better for me. When really, you might need to start with the, the nearest nature trail outside your door. Yeah. I What I really hear you saying, I'd put it in this kind of language um, and, and tell me if I have this right. What I really hear you saying is to overcome and work through loneliness, one has to just really get with the Lord. Let him love you. Let him just, just encounter him. Then encounter yourself with that love, so to speak. Get comfortable in your own skin. And when you're okay with who you are in your own skin because of Jesus, then you can be comfortable elsewhere. That's right. And then on the occasion you find you're uncomfortable in spite of all these good intentions, you can go back to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's a rinse and repeat cycle. Yeah, you head back. For me, um, I have found the most therapeutic thing I can do for myself where I feel like that little boy out on the playground or on the farm. I grew up on a farm where you're out in the grove and you're just playing and you're, you lose track of time. And you the place where I get that is not when I'm reading the Bible and it's not even when I'm worshiping. Um, it's when I paint. I, I mm. paint as a hobby. Um, I'm mm. like an artist. I, I have trouble using that word. But it's where I I hear the Lord. I'm I'm just I'm just present. And I mm. the more I do that, the better I am in life, the more I'm comfortable with myself. And I I so often think that if men could just find that spot, you know. Yeah whether it's fishing or it's whatever it is, you know. I agree. I think that's like a holy hobby because it really opens you up to something more. Yeah. Well, Rob, thank you so much for taking your time and being with me today. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, we don't live but a state apart from each other probably. However, um, are you in Colorado? No, actually, I'm in Florida. Oh, well. Focus on the family is headquartered in Florida, however. You're right. I mean, in Colorado Springs. Colorado, so yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. confused. Where, where am I? <laughs> I'm oh, talking yeah. about mindfulness, and I don't know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, that was a good example. No. <laughs> That's right. Right here. <laughs> yeah. Well, but thank you so much for spending time with us. I really appreciate it. And um, hopefully we'll stay in touch. And yeah, I think we could be good buddies. That would be lots of fun. But um, thank you so much. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you, Brad. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you found it to be helpful, please leave a review, especially on iTunes. And um, if you are suffering from any kind of issues that are emotional or mental health issues, focus on the family as a place to go for help. Or you can visit freshhope.us. Listen, you're not alone and there is hope.
there is always hope and there is healing and it starts at the cross and so lord i pray for those who are listening today i pray that you would use this to reach out to those who need to hear what we've talked about today lord i trust you i trust that uh, you have all of those things in uh, your abilities and we're just grateful I want to tell you, to those of you who are listening, God loves you, and he loves you because you are who you are. It's not because of what you do, but he just loves to love you, and he loves you more than you can imagine. So live in that. Enjoy it. I pray this in Jesus' name. One last story, Rob. When mm -hmm. I was when I was a little boy, I had a I had a grandma that I just she was the most generative person in my life. And she just spoiled me. She loved me. I could comb her hair. I could pretend to be a doctor and cut on her toenails. And, <laughs> but one of the things that I recall as a little boy, she died when I was in first grade. And it was yeah. very tough, very tough. But um what one thing I remember is uh, we were in a rocking chair and I was on her lap and we were just laughing and enjoying life and she was just loving me. And to me, that's what it's like to have the Lord love me. Now, she and I enjoyed it a little too much and she rocked a little too hard and we fell over backwards and then she, <laughs> she wet her pants. Um, not me, sure. Um, but, but, you know, it's just, to enjoy and to enjoy other people. I I really appreciate this topic. Yeah, I love it too. That's a great story. <laughs> well, you take care. And those of you <laughs> joining us via the podcast, take care of yourselves and uh, listen to the next one. Uh, again, I'm Brad Hafes, and this has been another edition of Fresh Hope for Mental Health. You've been listening to Fresh Hope for Mental Health. If you have an opportunity, please review, share, and subscribe to the Fresh Hope for Mental Health podcast on iTunes or on the service that you use. We encourage you to share our podcast on social media with your friends and family. Previous podcasts of Fresh Hope for Mental Health can be found at freshhopeformentalhealth.com, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes. Fresh Hope is one of the leading networks of faith-based peer support groups internationally. For more information about Fresh Hope, go to freshhope.us.